lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin is here with me, as is Aaron McIntyre. Today is a very, very big day on the show. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, where every now and then you still may see hashtag Facebook approved takes. After today's show, we might have to use hashtag Facebook approved takes a little bit more frequently. We're going to be on a bit of a radar. I would imagine that maybe we aren't on already. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Again, that's D-E-A-C-E. And then look for um, censorship-free content on social media. If you look for my name on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Also, you get you get clips of the show that are free of censorship. If you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Again, that's rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. I mentioned today is a big day. Let's start with some of the biggest news we'll have for you today. Chocolate chip cookie dough chunk has returned at Built Bar. I got the notification over the weekend. If you've been holding out, hey, you know what? I'm going to try this when the absolute greatest flavor of all time returns. It is back. Just use my last name, Dace, as your promo code for the greatest protein bar of all time. When you first bite into that chocolate chip cookie dough Built Bar, you are not going to believe that is a protein bar. But it is. It is loaded with protein, not loaded with sugar calories and carbs this is it is it's something i wish would have existed many 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 years ago um uh, i'd I'd be a lot healthier than even i've uh, begrudgingly made myself over the last few years you don't have to sacrifice taste and health any longer when you go to built.com for built bar b-u-i-l-t for built.com and use my last name dace as your promo code to get 15 percent off at built.com All right, coming up on the show here today, next hour for our Monday Town Hall, I've got a presentation for you. I'm going to walk you through the most in-depth vaccine COVID data uh, that's the most up-to-date and the most recent that I've been able to find yet. And we will then have a discussion about what this does and does not mean as we stand at the brink of northern seasonality, which is actually... We've, we've crossed that brink. It has begun now that we're into mid-October. Seasonality has begun in the north. You're already seeing numbers now. It's amazing. When we had seasonality in the south, the media just, they couldn't cover Florida enough. And now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden that Florida seasonality has ended and its cases have imploded. Now suddenly they don't want not only cover Florida, but New York, which has far more people vaccinated than Florida and roughly the same population is seeing a surge in cases. And amazingly, they don't want to cover that right there in their own backyard. I would imagine it it, it costs these networks and such a lot more money to go cover Florida than something just right down the street from where they live and work, right? We'll get into that, by the way, in the overtime today. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can go to get today's overtime. If you are a Blaze TV subscriber, we will record it right after the show for you today. Upload it there later today for you to watch. And BlazeTV.com slash Dace is also where you can go to get a discounted subscription today to Blaze TV. So we will walk you through that data next hour. At the bottom of this hour, I teased this on Friday. 
since this original contrarian view to COVID stand and now counterattack began in our show, I have done my best to model what I advocated. And I need to continue that. I need to practice what I preach here. So a lot of you have asked, what can I do? We're going to give you an opportunity to launch what has the potential. Who knows? It, it may flame out. I don't know. But it has the potential to be our version of a Scopes monkey trial. Except this time, we're the, we're the provocateurs. We're picking the argument. We're picking the fight. Wouldn't you like to see in a court of law, once and for all, through the discovery process, whether these early treatments we've heard so much about that have been bandied about and there have been studies and counter studies, do they work, do they not? Wouldn't you love a definitive verdict on this once and for all? Don't you think you deserve to have control over your own health care, not your government or your, or your local corporate pharmacy? Well, coming up at the bottom of this hour, we are going to introduce you to a test case from someone who agrees with you. He's a retired Marine. He served a, he served a former president at Camp David. He saw action in Somalia. He's run for office. To this day, he's 6'3", 200 pounds, and still looks like he could do 10 to 20 pull-ups on a dime. And yet, recently, COVID put him on his back for a week. Given that he's a proud Marine, he waited a week before he finally reached out to people like me for help. I instantly got him help with some of the resources we've shared with you of where to go for early treatments. He couldn't get Regeneron where he lived. They were rationing it and saving it for people that were more worse off, particularly the elderly. So he got his ivermectin prescription and not one, but two local pharmacies refused to fill it. I believe hundreds of thousands of people have have died because of this, either by commission, which is what this act was, or omission, denying them even this information that these treatments were available. I have sat here and I have shed tears reading my emails. So many of you have sent me these notes. I don't know what to do. I can't get better. Someone I love can't get better. We can't get our, script, our prescriptions filled. And that's even, even if we can utilize the resources you've shared with us at earlytreatmentreport.com, for example. And if there was ever a perfect plaintiff for a case like this, it would be this friend of mine. Because he's smart. He knows his constitution. He's a former U.S. Senate candidate. He's articulate. Used to host this, co-host this show on when I was gone. He used to be a guest host. And he's a Marine. So he doesn't give a rip what you think. If there was ever, if there was ever the perfect plaintiff to launch a case against these entities to once and for all end this genocide and get some answers, he would be it. And so you've been asking me, what can we do? You will find out what we can do at the bottom of the hour. More details on this. Do not miss it. But before we begin all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. 
What happened while we were away brought to you by the J&J &J Boosters. An FDA advisory panel has recommended approval of the Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine as boosters for everybody, unlike the authorizations for boosters for the Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna vaccines. No restrictions were put in place on the J&J &J booster after a unanimous vote by the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee. In completely unrelated news, a new study that has yet to be peer-reviewed tracked more than 600,000 military veterans who received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and found that protection from the virus fell from 88% in March to just 3% in August. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Anthony Fauci is wishing you a very segregated holiday season. Well, if you're vaccinated and your family members are vaccinated, those who are eligible, and that is obviously very young children and not yet eligible, that you can enjoy the holidays. You can enjoy Halloween, trick-or-treating, and certainly Thanksgiving with your family and Christmas with your families. Delta Airlines has ditched its COVID-19 vaccine mandate, according to CEO Ed Bastian. Moving on, one member of the Loudoun County School Board has resigned. Beth Bartz, the first-term board member who has been at the center of the case we told you about last week, where a dude in a skirt anally raped a ninth-grade girl in a high school, and the district tried to cover it up. Bartz had previously drawn criticism for being a part of a Facebook group, which shared personal details of Loudoun County parents who were opposed to teaching critical racism theory in schools. Bartz says her resignation is, quote, the right decision for me and my family. Checking in on Joe Biden. We have fewer democracies in the world today than we did 15 years ago. Fewer, not more, fewer. Checking in on Beto O'Rourke. If you want to debate or argue or fight or f with me, on, on politics. I'll take it all day long. Speaking of dudes who like to take it all day, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg is finally back after two months of working on his milk supply to talk about the crumbling supply chain. And surprise, surprise, empty shelves are actually a good thing. Demand is off the charts. Retail sales are through the roof. And if you think about those images of uh, ships, for example, waiting at anchor on the West Coast, you know, every one of those ships uh, is full of record amounts of goods that Americans are buying uh, because demand is up, because income is up. China has a missile that can carry nukes and exceed the speed of sound, and it flew over our unsuspecting heads a couple of months ago. The Financial Times quoted an anonymous U.S. intelligence official as saying, quote, <laughs> What did he say? He said he wants you to put your finger in his mouth. Checking in on Joe Biden once again. I used to love to drive. They don't let me drive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a beautiful Corvette sitting in my garage. For those of you listening, this undated video of Joe Biden stroking the head of a young woman in a classroom as he explains that he can't drive anymore went viral over the weekend. Heresy update, the ELCA Lutherans tweets, quote, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless God's name. Tell of God's salvation from day to day. Psalm 96, 1 and 2. Pope Francis released what some are calling a mini encyclical over the weekend in a message comparing the George Floyd riots to the parable of the Good Samaritan. Quote, Do you know what comes to mind now when, when with popular movements, I think of the Good Samaritan? Do you know what comes to mind? The protests over the death of George Floyd. It's clear that this type of reaction against social, racial, or macho injustice can be manipulated or exploited by political machinations or whatever. But the main thing is that in these protests against this death, there was the collective Samaritan who is no fool. End quote.
The Jesuit publication America Magazine tweets, quote, Don't dismiss Lil Nas X because of his Satan video. He has something to teach the church, end quote. David French, your thoughts? I'm wearing the pants. He's wearing the skirt. We're both gay. He's pregnant. I have two girlfriends. It's 2021. Checking in on Joe Biden again. For those of you listening, that's Joe and Jill entering a posh DC restaurant over the weekend without their masks while the help wears theirs. And finally this, a mini montage of global protests against COVID tyranny set to this catchy tune by these two dudes. Start in Genova, Italy. Since back in March, I've had a naked break. Israel. <laughs> Milan, Italy. From the news around the damn coronavirus. They keep telling the Netherlands. For the upteenth week in a row, Paris, France. Toulon, France. Luxembourg. Australia. Switzerland. And New York City. All they do is treat us lie That's And that's what happened while we were away. Outstanding. Uh, Aaron's montage brought to you by a new partner here on the show called Masterworks. You know, if you want to win big in the stock market, here's all you have to do. Um, just follow Nancy Pelosi's stock market moves. Uh, it's no coincidence every stock she invests in absolutely skyrockets. Somebody did a study of this and found her ROI is like 69% on her stock market investments. Some crazy number like that, right? Um, well, here's the problem. It's really hard to follow her investments because, you know, she gets um, tips. Uh, she gets tips from uh, the folks who actually are running the companies that are selling the stock. Fair? Is that a good way? Of, is that a fair I'm enough sure euphemism? She just has really, really good stockbrokers working for her. Yes. So while you're invested, while you're while you're worried, I should say, about what inflation is doing to your investments, your nest egg. Good news. I mean, the government will just keep print, printing money to fund their lavish lifestyles. If that sounds fair to you, stop listening now. You're on the wrong podcast. But what if I were to told you, tell you that fewer people know about this secret asset class the mega rich have used to grow their wealth for generations? Some billionaires hold up to 30% of their entire net worth in it. It isn't gold or Bitcoin. Not that there's anything wrong with those two things, as you might expect. But it is, for the first time ever, everyday folks can invest in it. What is it? 
I know this is going to sound weird. Contemporary art. Um, think multi-million dollar pieces that hang in museums, pieces by artists like Andy Warhol, Picasso. In fact, contemporary art prices outperform the S&P by 174% from 1995 to 2020. This is why there's criminal rings that, that specialize in contraband classic art. There's so much money in it, all right? Um, masterworks.io is the only investment platform bringing the exclusive art universe to you in just a few easy clicks. You don't need to be an insider to be an art investor anymore. You just have to be a proud American. Go to masterworks.io slash Steve. Masterworks.io slash Steve for exclusive access. Uh, and you can see their important disc- uh, disclosures there at masterworks.io slash Steve and masterworks.io slash disclaimer. You want to see how they perform? Go to masterworks.io slash disclaimer. You want to take advantage of this? Masterworks.io slash Steve. All right, let's get to what's within Aaron's montage. And um, one of the one of the sources that we consulted for our composite character Veritas in our number one best-selling book, Faucian Bargain. Which, by the way, folks, I just found out we cannot do. They will not publish a hard copy edition of Booster. So they just won't do it. They're telling us it's too small. Allegedly. Um, so I just found this out over the weekend. It's going to have to remain digital. The boost, the bonus chapter we have, Fauci and Booster, uh, for taking on vaccine mandates. That has to remain digital. We had originally uh, thought we were going to be able to print, they were going to be able to do this for us, and now we're told that they will not. Okay. But um, we have a composite character that gets his own or her, their own chapter in our book, Fauci and Bargain, called Veritas. One of the individuals who makes up this composite character sent me a text this morning. And it was noting the death of Colin Powell. For those of you that don't know, uh, the former head, uh, head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, former general, former secretary of state, um, uh, he passed away today, age 84. Family is saying it's COVID complications. He was fully vaccinated twice. That's according to the family. And this was on all the news Right. So I work out, you know, at the gym I work out in the morning. They've got all the TV networks, Fox, MSNBC, CNN, local stuff. And every channel was talking about this. And and this individual who has fairly intimate knowledge of what went on in the last White House. That's why we talked to them for our book. And is a political veteran. God bless them. They really believed that the death of Colin Powell by COVID complications, despite being vaccinated twice, was going to lead, finally, to an earnest and real debate about this. No, it won't. It won't. Why? On all those channels, did you see Highlights of all of these protests all over the world that Aaron just highlighted. 
Did you even see him on Fox? I don't know. I don't watch really much of them. I will tell you, I was at the gym for an hour this morning where the TVs were on the whole time. I saw, including Fox, I saw no references to any of these protests. None. How many different countries are in that montage alone, would you say? A half dozen? Uh, oh, yeah, at least a half dozen. Yeah. Okay. Nothing. Now, when we saw somewhat similar crowds a year ago over George Floyd and police brutality in a lot of these countries, was, was that not covered on almost every one of these news channels? Right. Right. So is it because they just don't know how to cover what's going on in France? I mean, we've only had sat up links since the 1970s, right? So is it because they just, they, all these networks and all these platforms have no way of acquiring the knowledge of what's going on in Italy. Well, we don't know that. We know that's not true because what was going on in Italy in the spring of 2020 is what led to us shutting ourselves down, right? Right. And a lot of other countries around the world. So this isn't an incapability, therefore, is it? No. No. It's an unwillingness, correct? Yes, because yes. they all think these are coming from the people that think George Floyd is the good Samaritan. Yes. Yeah. Demonic movements. Demonic movements, and I, I texted this to this friend and contact of mine. I'll just tell you directly. Demonic movements do not debate. They have to be defeated. Now, when I say demonic movements, I'm talking about the authoritarianism around these vaccines. And the effort to squash all early treatments. I mean, in March, you had 88% real-time efficacy if you took the J&J jab once. That's why even the anti, the, the noted dogmatic anti-vaxxer here on the show was admitting several moons ago, hey, I wouldn't take it, but these things seem to work, right? Yes, yeah. to minimize symptoms, of course. Yeah. They did. And, and in August, that study of U.S. military personnel, by the way, 620,000 person sample. 620,000. There isn't a single city in Iowa where we live that has that many people. 620,000 people, military service, active military. And what it found is if they took the J&J in March, they had 88% protection, and it was down to three by the time Delta was ascendant in August. Is that bad? A little bit. This is why I told you, prepare yourself that if you are going to take these vaccines or these boosters, you are part of a reoccurring vaccination now program. You'll be getting them over and over again. Somebody emailed me over the weekend. I'm 62. Here's, here's my health profile. Do you think I should get a booster? I said, first of all, I'm not a doctor. I don't know even what you told me. I don't even know that what you're telling me is true. And I'm not licensed to practice medicine. Statistically, here's what I can tell you from a data standpoint. At 62, you're right on the age cut line of danger to COVID. On the other hand, if you're going to get a booster, understand that there's a likelihood they'll be coming back to you in four to six months to take another one unless they come up with a, a superior vaccination product. If you're okay with that, that's your decision. If you're not okay with that, that's your decision. But are you not entitled to that information to make your decision? Yes. Yes. Don't you think maybe you were entitled to know information about some of the, the largest mass global protest 
in, in modern world history are going on right now. This is the kind of stuff we saw, you know, in the early to mid-80s about nuclear, uh, you know, uh, proliferation during the Cold War. I, I don't remember the last time that we're just this reoccurring. I don't rem- In my lifetime, I've not seen anything like this over and over and over again. These things have gone on. They're, they're going on weekend after weekend after weekend after weekend. In Italy, their supply chains were shut down for almost two days by truckers who refused to deliver. That's a major country. Did you see anything about this on any of your news platforms at all? Nope. That's because demonic movements do not debate. They push a narrative. And then they either defeat you, or if they can't defeat you, they just ignore you, shun you, ban you, martyr you. Some form of shunning, physical intellectual and that's what's going to happen here that's why we have to force the issue that's why there's never was never going to be an all clear it's not coming that's why that song that Aaron played alongside all of those protests is so important what's the message I will not comply Which is not a new message, by the way. Remember a long time ago, before we had ever heard of a COVID, Steve, you were famous of a simple word. No. Yep. Yep. No, we're just not. Yeah, we're, you're not teaching that stuff to our kids. Yeah, we're not doing that. So it's a timeless message, you. actually, yep. in the it, face. It, yeah. It's a glorious word. I love the word, frankly. I'm. I, it's borderline erotic for me. I, I love no. I, sometimes I just say it to my kids just because I want to see their reactions when I really am going to say yes later because I, I have a no fetish. More of us... More of us need a no fetish. Let me give you an example that happened to me over the weekend. Mara Liason over at NPR, longtime Fox News contributor. I don't know if she still is. I put out a series of tweets, including links and screenshots of updated data, which you'll see some of this next hour, as the trend of breakthrough vaccination deaths continues in these, in these states. She on purpose distorted it or just is so dumb she doesn't know what the what, what a trend line is. I suppose the latter's possible, right? Highly unlikely. 97% she distorted it. 3% is she doesn't know what a trend line is. My tweet specifically mentioned these were numbers from last week. She then distorted it by going with cumulative numbers from the very beginning as if there was no Delta variant, as if there was no waning efficacy, as if there was no current debate about whether to do booster shots because of those two events. It's like it's like what's been going on, the front and center news for the last three weeks for Mara Eliasson at, at NPR. It's like these things just, she was completely unaware of them. I confronted her. I said, hey, come on my show. You know what, better yet, I'm not afraid of road games. I'll come on yours. Nothing. My Twitter feed has been besieged with blue check marks and others. Just picking up what she shared without even looking at the data whatsoever. Now, in full disclosure, I made a mistake. I thought that I had also posted the screenshot because Massachusetts, to find out what their weekly death numbers are, you've actually got to go into their raw numbers within an Excel, an Excel spreadsheet. I thought I had also included the second picture that showed they had 100 COVID deaths that exact same week. 
So they had an increase of 45 breakthrough deaths the same week they announced 100 COVID deaths. What is 45 divided by 100, Todd? What is that? Oh, it's almost 50%. It's, yeah, it's exactly 45%, which is exa exactly the number that I, that I quoted. I did not include that. I actually went back this morning. I realized I did not have the second picture on my original tweet. I was going to post it there with, uh, my bad, I should have included that. And then when I looked at the comments, though, from these people, from her followers, the lack of follow-up from her, I mean, she's at NPR. She can't go look Massachusetts raw death numbers up. I realized it would make no difference. It would make no difference. So, no, I'm not going to grant them that extra amount of work. They can go look up the COVID death numbers in Massachusetts themselves. Do their own math. They get all the smoldering piles of ash they want. You can't even yep. insinuate that we might have some cinders that we need to be concerned about. Yes, correct. Correct. So the answer to, my, to this contact of mine is no, there will be no such debate. Sanjay Gupta stupidly agreed to go on Joe Rogan's show for a debate. Got his ass handed to him on an audience that's at least 10 times larger, maybe 20 times larger. Don Lemon has 600,000 viewers a night. By some estimates, Joe Rogan has 10 million podcast listeners. And Sanjay Gupta, after getting his ass handed to him and agreeing with Joe Rogan's point, went right back on Don Lemon's show on his own network the very next night and repeated the exact same propaganda that Joe Rogan had already exposed him for trying trotting out the first time. No, there will be no debating here, only the defeating here. And next segment, we're going to begin a process of defeating this. Stay tuned. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. And a lot of you are asking me, what can we do? One of the most challenging things that have occurred since the rise of what I call on this show COVID stand has been the inability to get to clarity. And of course, deceptions don't like clarity. They, they like moral pea soup, muck and mire. They like, they like sh not just shades of gray, plateaus of it. I think that we have an opportunity here within our own audience to get to a moment of clarity, a Scopes monkey trial moment of clarity, albeit this time the good guys are the ones picking the fight and going on offense. All right. I want to introduce you to two individuals, one you've not heard from on this show in a long time. And not since it was a local show and he used to fill in for me. The other has been on this show now a couple of times. Brian Festa is with WeThePatriots.org, WeThePatriotsUSA.org. Brian, how are you, brother? I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks for having me again. Tell us what happened the last time we had you on our show here, Brian, talking about what you guys do going up against COVID Stan. How did our audience respond to that? Your audience was amazing. I just want to thank all of the... Uh, all of your listeners and the donors that stepped forward uh, within about four days of going on your show, we had enough donations to fully fund the New York healthcare workers lawsuit. So I think wow. I, I I think I've discussed with you at least privately. I'm not sure if I've discussed on air specifically that lawsuit, but uh, we filed a lawsuit against the state of New York and Governor Kathy Hochul, the same Governor Kathy Hochul who says that 
these vaccines are from God and that you need to be her apostles. Um, we filed a, a very strong federal complaint against her. It's before the Second Circuit now. We have a hearing coming up on October 27th, so uh, just about another week or so. We will have a hearing on on in that case. But thank you so much to your listeners, because without them, we would not have been able to file that lawsuit. That's amazing. And I didn't even know about this until just a week ago when you told me. So that's right. amazing. The other gentleman that's going to be joining us here via phone is a longtime personal friend of, friend of mine. Uh, his name is Bill Salir. He's not a former Marine because there's no such thing. He would tell you that. There's just, there's Marines who are retired or serving actively, but once a Marine, always a Marine. He has been entrusted with the service of this country, both um, when it comes to some of its highest ranking personnel, when it comes to serving in Somalia, um, where he saw action there under President Clinton. He has run for public office as a U.S. senator. He's run his own family farm. He's just your average, everyday, red-blooded, patriotic American. Bill, it's a pleasure to have you with us, brother. How are you? Steve, I am getting stronger every day. <clears throat> my, my voice is still a touch weak, and I apologize to you and your listeners for that. But uh, strength is rebuilding as I'm coming back out of a pretty harsh battle with this COVID bugger. So because you're a Marine, you decided you'd wait around on your back for a week fighting this on your own before you started letting people like me know what was going on. And God bless you for that. Okay. Um, and, it, and it's from there, I want you to pick up the story for us. First of all, you contract COVID. You're bedridden for pretty close to a week, correct? And I mean, you are a man, you're, especially for your age, you are in the upper echelon of physical condition for men in our age group. Fair, if you're being humble. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm I'm in really good physical shape. I've no uh, underlying health conditions. I am, you know, I'm six two and I'm two hundred and five pounds, and I'm a fairly strong guy, and I'm very very active. I uh, ran my own farm for twenty five years, and uh, it just it that the Marine Corps mentality and the physical side of things never really changed for me. So other than older, other, so you get COVID, you're on your back for a week. You attempt to get monoclonal there. You're now living in, in Minnesota, correct? Yeah. Uh, so when, when this first happened, I started to get sick October 1st, um, ended up from the couch to the bed pretty quickly. And by the, the following day I was going in to be tested. And by Sunday, October 1st being a Friday, um, I was confirmed that I had COVID. Well, at that point, we started putting through Minnesota's health bureaucracy requests for monoclonal treatments. We never so much as heard a word back, not even an acknowledgement that the request had been put in. My wife, seeing that I was continuing to decline, hauled me down to Iowa to a clinic down there. Uh, they did have one bag of monoclonal treatment, but they essentially said we have to hold this for truly desperate situations. We don't think you're desperate enough. Um, so we knew about the activity of um, ivermectin, and I had requested uh, a look at that. That particular hospital said we won't do it due, due to the FDA not clearing it for this purpose of taking on COVID. Mm -hmm. So I was hauled back home again. At that point, my wife was, was reaching out, and uh, another friend of ours, uh, Steve, actually by coincidence reached out to me not knowing I was in the condition I was he immediately put you and I back together again 
Uh, and you're right. It's not my style to come screaming for help, but it is my wife's style. And she was fighting for everything she had to get me help. Um, meanwhile, she was coming down with this while taking care of our kids and getting sick and taking care of me and fighting it out to try and get me help. Well, thank God for you. And you stepped in at a level that was amazing, which eventually ended up with me being in contact with a physician, Dr. Molly James. Uh, she did a teleconference with both my wife and I, and doing the analysis, she understood that Carla, while sick, was not at the stage that I was. She prescribed uh, ivermectin and hydrochloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, sorry, for my wife, and then a prescription of ivermectin along with some other things, steroids and et cetera, for me. Um, she thought that I was in very bad condition and quite possibly within 48 hours was headed to the hospital. Mm. So she made the stand that she was going to try and defend it right there. She's going to fight that bug off right there. And she even told me, you're not going to get there. We're going to stop this. This is where it gets a little wild. Um, the prescription was sent in to our local Walmart here in Albert Lee, Minnesota, and it was refused to be filled by the pharmacist. This pharmacist contacted my wife, telling her that he would not fill it. Um, my wife stated that he did not have the right to stand between our physician's prescription and the patient. He asserted that he did have that right, and he refused to do so. So our physician on a Saturday night jumped back in and contacted him and said, no, you will fill this, essentially. And he again refused and hung up on our physician. That left us hanging in limbo, and Steve, at this point, um, we were faced with either continuing to suffer and quite possibly, you know, and ending up in the hospital where, I don't know, whether you got a 50-50 shot at coming I, they, out, yeah, They'll put you in the uh, ICU ventilator, brother, and that's a roll of the dice, yes. It's a roll of the dice. So it was a roll of the dice there, or given the human side of the ivermectin that everybody is running around telling Joe Rogan, oh, you took horse base, where he was, no, a prescription for human ivermectin. I was refused that opportunity to take this. So we turned to our local farm store. And I got to tell you, brother, I'm farm boy through and through. And I, in my youth, put my thumb in the side of my horse and put wormer down the, my horse's mouth, saddled up and rode, baby. Well, I was forced with this decision as... I was either going to lay there, suffer, and be at life's peril of losing my time with my family, or I was going to eat that horse face, and down the hatch it went. I got to tell you, within eight hours, I started to feel the turnaround in my body. My wife was also opting then because she had prescribed, been prescribed the same thing and had been refused by other pharmacists. She was forced into the same option, which we prayerfully prayed for God's guidance, and we took we took the veterinary medicine, my friend, and it turned her around within six hours. It stopped the march of COVID on her. It was absolutely amazing. Um, I am still weak. My legs are still weak. My voice is still weak. But I am 100% better than where I was. And I feel confident enough to being that I am no longer um, shedding the virus. I'm no longer contagious in any way. Today is my first day back at work. And on shaky legs we go. But I will tell you this as one final thought, my friend. If you have ever wanted to find out what it is to punch a Marine in the face and what type of response you're going to get, well, America, you're about to see the type of response that you get. Because when you take on me and my family and you stand between our physician and the health care that they have prescribed to me, 
as a life-saving thing, in my opinion, that is what it did, then you've got a fight on your hands, and I am coming for that fight. Brian, I, I, I have my inbox. I cannot tell you how many people I have gotten these emails from for the last few months, denied these early treatments, denied the right to try. Um, you know, the, the protocol is just, hey, stay home, isolate. Um, if you can't get remdesivir, which doesn't work, monoclonal, which does, but they're now rationing it because it works, in my opinion. Then just stay home and uh, isolate. If it gets too bad, come into the hospital and you may end up on a ventilator or, or in an ICU. And at that point, man, it could be Hotel California for you. Okay. And, and, and we're acting, we've acted all this time, Brian, as if in, in the, tw- I'm an asthmatic. I'm very well aware of respiratory ailments and treatments and, and what works and what does not. Um, and, and the idea that we can't even prescribe inhalers or prednisone or things like that to help alleviate symptoms that you do for an asthmatic facing asthma attacks or respiratory difficulties. There, th- this is 2021, Brian. There was nothing else we can do. We're out of copper bracelets and leeches. So there's nothing else that can be done if you get this other than just hope you don't have to end up in an ICU ventilator. This, there needs to be clarity on this. We're going to have to go to a court of law because we're not going to get it from our media. So this is where you guys come in. You're willing to represent him. This looks like you were just telling me during the break, a federal lawsuit given Walmart's global um, reach, Correct. Right. Well, it's a federal lawsuit because we have what's called, in this case, diversity jurisdiction. So you have an individual, uh, Bill, who lives in Minnesota and Walmart that is headquartered in Arkansas. Uh, So there's a diversity of uh, two different jurisdictions, Arkansas and Minnesota. So, yes, it will be a federal lawsuit. I love what Bill just said about they're going to find out what happens when you punch a Marine in the face. Uh, they're going to find out in court very, very quickly because our legal counsel, when they heard about this case, when you referred this to us, they said, absolutely, we need to talk to this guy. We need to be on this. This is the kind of work we do. Uh, someone's life was at stake. Actually, two lives, Bill and his wife, were at stake. And to have a pharmacist suddenly playing doctor deciding or playing god i guess deciding you know who's going to live and who's going to die right. essentially right um is, is absolutely abhorrent i want to read you something from the fda's own website this is directly from the fda's website okay mm-hmm. why why it's an faq sheet they have up there it says why might an approved drug be used for an unapproved use from the fda perspective once the fda approves a drug Healthcare providers generally may may prescribe that drug for an unapproved use when they judge that it is medically appropriate for their patient. So this is talking about off-label usage. This has been done for years. We're talking about a drug, ivermectin, that was part of a treatment protocol that won the Nobel Prize in 2015 uh, as an uh, anti-parasitic for malaria, okay? This is FDA-approved. It's been used for decades as an anti-parasitic and now you're suddenly telling us in 2021 that it's unsafe because it's being used for off-label usage, which again is so common in the practice of medicine. And this pharmacist had absolutely no right to tell Bill that and his wife that he was not gonna f- uh, fill this prescription. And to hang up on the doctor, I mean, we're gonna have to get the doctor on the, on the stand, of course, mm-hmm. to testify to that. But that is just, so far outside. I mean, it's like stay in your lane, dude. Right. I mean, he's so far outside the scope of his practice at that point, in my opinion. 
that uh, he needs to be held accountable. Walmart needs to be held accountable. And we are absolutely going to uh, do everything in our power. Our legal team is going to do everything in their power to see that justice is served here. I'm going to announce here on your show that We the Patriots USA has committed already $25,000 to Steve's legal expenses, to his legal fund. The total that we need to get this complaint going is $50,000. And that's when your listeners come in. That's where your listeners come in. Come in Once again, we're calling on anyone who hears this to please step forward, not only for Steve and his, not only for Bill and his wife, but for everyone across the country. Like you said, you're receiving thousands of emails from people who are in this exact same situation. They can't get the treatment they need. They can't even get inhalers. They can't get nebulizer treatments. Mm-hmm. I mean, things, things that have been used for, like you said, for asthma and other respiratory ailments for decades and decades. Uh, and now suddenly in 2021, this is dangerous for this, this particular illness. Why? Why are we rushing people into the hospital? Why are we putting people on ventilators? Why are we denying them life-saving interventions that could prevent them from going to the hospital in the first place? You have to ask yourself, what's behind this? We have a pretty good idea of what and who are behind this, and we're going to go after them with everything we've got. This is how we find out. This is how we get clarity. And if we're in a federal court, who knows? They could throw this out right away. It could go all the way to the Supreme Court, where you have an opportunity here to potentially set a precedent that gets to some answers we have lacked for the last year and a half. And you heard in Bill's voice, he's a Marine. He is down for this fight. He already committed once to risk his life on behalf of all of us. He's now willing to put his family and his own personal time in that line again because he's lived through this this principle that is at stake. We the PatriotsUSA.org is where you need to go. You can make a tax-deductible donation there. All right, we need another 25 grand to launch this. All right. I'm putting in the first 10% myself. I've already put in the first 2500 out of my own pocket. I've already made the donation to wethepatriotsusa.org. All right, so I've done the other t- I've done the first 10%. There's a lot that th- tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of people listen to this show each and every day. If y'all just gave a quarter or a buck, we're going to fund this thing in about 10 minutes, all right? Right. So if you want if you want to set a precedent the, the possibility of setting a precedent with the perfect plaintiff you could hear from Bill, who has a record of service, knows how to articulate, is not afraid, and has lived what many of too many of you have already lived through. Now is the time. Go to wethepatriotsusa.org. Make a tax-deductible donation right now. We're, do, we're only now, what is that, uh, 22500 short, okay, because I've put in the first 2500 All right, so wethepatriotsusa.org. Go there now, wethepatriotsusa.org. Brian and Bill, we're out of time. We will have you guys both back here as soon as we absolutely can. Thank you for the work you're doing here. We have just begun to fight, both of you. God bless. All right, take care. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Bill. God bless you, brother. All right, thank you. Thanks, buddy. You bet. We'll come back with hour two. We the PatriotsUSA.org. Morning. Greetings back with hour two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre, and then you are you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can email us, steve at stevedace.com. 
D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. At Steve Dace Show. You can also look for me on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. It's on those platforms that we can post the things that uh, Facebook especially doesn't particularly like because they tell you the truth. You can also go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Speaking of Rumble and the man behind it, our buddy Dan Bongino, did you guys see? So I would imagine there's a lot of cross-pollination between Dan's show, which airs live in the Rush Limbaugh time slot right now, and then people that maybe listen to our podcast a little bit later on. So did you guys see what Dan just rolled out with? He just went on the air. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking and about. And told Cumulus Radio, yes. his syndicator, you can either have my show or your vaccine mandates, but but you can't have both oh, of them. Good for him. Talk about risking it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a multi million dollar enterprise. Yeah. Okay. I mean, do you know how many salespeople at Cumulus right now? Sweating bullets. Uh, Christmas is coming up. Yep. They're looking at a coal in the stocking. I mean, I mean, there, there are some folks in the sales department over at Cumulus just soiled some britches when they heard Dan Bongino say that. So I don't have the platform, anything close to what Dan has. <laughs> so you can at least risk what he's risking. <laughs> I mean, he's got one of the biggest platforms. Now, without the radio show, he'll still have a fairly sizable podcast mm-hmm. audience. But that is, Dan didn't take on the duty of additionally of doing that radio show because it was an insignificant platform, right? Right. I mean, he already had access to a lot of people between Fox News and his podcast. He only took that on because it was going to substantially grow what was already a substantially growing platform. The idea that that doesn't take any shekels out of his pocket is just not true. And it certainly takes a lot of shekels out of other people's pockets that make money off of him. Yes. This is how we need to play this game. We have the numbers. We have the leverage. We don't have to comply. We just have to be willing to be a little more uncomfortable than we've been forced to be for probably too long in this country that, you know, uh, God has shed his grace on thee so that we don't have to make some of these decisions all the time, right? Well, We're now living in an era that we do, okay? So check us out, rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. That's where you get clips of the show that are both free and free of censorship at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. I want to tell you about this. This is is an advertising partner that I would, if if someone had come to me and said, hey, what do you think about promoting this? Even like a, a, a year and a half ago, I'd have been like, are you nuts? I am as ugly American as, as you can get. But we are listening to the crazy voices in our heads these days, are we not? Yes, we are. All right. So, you know, you keep being told you have nowhere to go. You have to just sit here and there is no, there is nowhere for your Mayflower to go to get away from what they want to do to American exceptionalism. There's nowhere else to go. What if I told you that there is a place you could go? I know. I kind of laughed and scoffed at it when I heard first, heard about this when this was first pitched to me too. And then I looked at some of the details and I just think we're, it's a little bit like what you just heard from my buddy, Bill Salir. 
He didn't, I mean, he got a prescription. He went through, and we'll, we'll reset that here for you in a minute. He went through the normal process, went to a doctor, got a prescription. He didn't start off wanting to take the 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 repurposed re, uh, horse version of this medication, but necessity was the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. The, the traditional American institutions of doctor-patient relationship that he could take advantage of, that he once pledged his life to defend as a Marine and risked his life in Somalia to defend. Uh, you can't take those things for granted anymore. And so now here he is taking the very medication that he fed the horses on his farm growing up as a kid in rural Iowa. Likewise, you know, a lot of Americans, uh, re- American retirees and veterans these days are going to Panama because you can live in luxury on about $24,000 a year there. Uh, pay 0% income tax. Healthcare could be as little as $2,600 a year. Um, and then if you make a, you make more than that, who knows, maybe you can own a luxury beachfront condo down there on pristine white sand for less than 120 grand a year. It's the number, it's the world's number one wealth protection haven. And Hey, again, could you see me ever on pre COVID doing anything like what I'm talking about right now? No, you wouldn't no. have touched it. No, I wouldn't have touched it. But last fall, what was I doing last fall? Do you remember? Because I was sharing with you the notes. What was I researching last fall? Do you remember? Crazy voices in our head. Crazy uh, cost of living in uh, Sweden. Yes. And could I get like sat satellite, uh, you know, DVR yeah. where I could get, you know, Michigan games at least on delay, even if it's right. at three in the morning. Right. I mean, I spent like a few hours researching this one day last fall because of what we're watching going on, right? Yeah. Here's the other thing I don't have in Panama winner and it is still the title name of the greatest van halen song of all time all right so if you at least want to check it out the american's guide to living and retiring in panama from our friends over at international living 100 percent free if you just want to look all right you just want to look because right now you might be living in florida and things are going great but um your one election or a ron DeSantis being term limited away from florida maybe not being great remember a guy who literally did cocaine off a gay hooker's ass almost became governor of Florida. Like, straight up, not a joke, literally was doing blow off a gay hooker's ass. Almost be, Andrew Gillen almost became governor of that state. Okay? So, you are, every, we're all on notice right now. I mean, look at where we're living in Iowa. Daniel Horowitz was telling me this morning, man, you guys have the best state legislature leaders and everything else. Kim Reynolds has far exceeded our expectations, right? Yep. I don't know. Are we one election away? I mean, you are everywhere you live. Yes. So it it may not be the worst thing in the world to at least just take a look at for free and have it in your back pocket. All right. 100% free right now if you at least want to look at it. All right. BuyPanamaNow.com slash Steve is the website. BuyPanamaNow.com slash Steve, folks. You need to know. This live read goes against like all of my instincts as an ugly American. But you know what I love even more than being an ugly American? Being a free citizen, no matter where it happens to be. Right? Amen. All right. So buy PanamaNow.com slash Steve. Let's reset where we were before we get to the rest of this hour. Um, so you heard the story last segment of my, one of my best friends, uh, Bill Salir. Uh, He was charged with defending the first President Bush at Camp David. 
He has served actively in Somalia under President Clinton. He left his family farm that he ran once to run for U.S. Senate. He ended up selling his family farm to move to Minnesota for his kids because they love hockey. This is a guy that's lived a life of sacrifice, folks. Whether it's been his own life, whether it's been his own business, he has set his priorities aside his entire life to both love his neighbor as he loves himself and also because of his love of country. And how was he repaid? He was repaid because some nitwit spirit of the age dweeb who needs to be reminded of the order of things thought he got to practice medicine without a license at a Walmart pharmacy and needs to be made an example out of, as does Walmart. So we're going to do our best to. Bill is the perfect plaintiff to launch something like this with. He has faced this level of scrutiny already. His family has. He's faced the haters. He's faced the mob. He's done a few tours of duty, both in a, in a uniform and also in the culture war. None of this and the scrutiny that comes with it will not be shocking to him or anybody in his family at all. You heard, he can articulate, he knows the issues, he knows his rights. We could not have drawn up a better plaintiff for such a time as this. We might get laughed out of a federal court, who knows? On the other hand, we might go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And really, we only need one federal court to give us standing because wouldn't that discovery process be a doozy? The things you could enter into these discovery processes, the things you could look for, the subject matter experts, wouldn't you love to see Dr. Peter McCullough on the stand in a federal lawsuit as a subject matter expert against Walmart? See, we've been denied this confrontation this whole time. This is our chance, maybe the best one we're going to have to truly get to it. And if it doesn't work, it'll fund other lawsuits that are also working to defend our rights. Now, my understanding is the website has crashed. That's the last I heard. Correct. Perfect. Keep trying. WeThePatriotsUSA.org. WeThePatriotsUSA.org. We need to raise the estimated 50 grand up front because these are really good lawyers. And that's what it would cost if this thing went all the way to the Supreme Court. We have it up front. We can, as soon as we have it, we can file the action. We, the Patriots USA, is so confident that we'll come up with it based on what they saw from this audience earlier this year. They've donated the first 25 grand themselves. I've put in the next 10% of the next 25 grand myself already. This is a chance to strike a blow, to get some answers that we deserve to have. We might not like the answers we get. There's no guarantees east of Eden, right? It is a fallen world, right? Yep. We might not like the answers, but damn it, don't we deserve these answers? We do. We do. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts before we move on to what's coming next? Uh, It's an exciting opportunity to stand with people of principle, to not wait to be led, but to be the leaders. And you're doing that by crashing a system that trying to donate money to this. You've got to get involved on every single opportunity 
to make sure that your backyard does not become Australia. I Folks, it's like you said, can you imagine me back when and when and when? This is the whole point, again, as I tried to show you before COVID. Once you believed in transgenderism, all bets are off on what the rules of this game were anymore. The smart people in the room have lost their damn minds, and you must defeat them. Like Steve said, we're, this exercise is to get some answers, is to actually have a, a confrontation because this what we're talking about is really no different than what we were talking about in the first segment. The reason why we don't hear on on uh, on television or or wherever you're consuming your your media about the mass protests all around the Western world, the reason why you don't hear about that is because it's a, it, it, it's a, they don't want a confrontation and if they're if they want if the spirit of the age has a confrontation they will ignore it for as long as they possibly can in the actual um, annals and in the halls of of law in this country though we have had nary a confrontation on these early treatments we're getting a lot of stuff on the vaccines and some of that is positive. Just last week, a federal judge ruled in favor of those Western Michigan, I believe, um, uh, soccer players for Western Michigan University, saying it violated their First Amendment rights to have to take the jabs. There are some positive things, but as far as early treatments, you know, what happens when you actually have this? Do you have other options rather than remdesivir, which there's some news on out on that as well, um, about its efficacy or lack thereof? We have to have some answers, and that's the entire point of this case. Whether or not it actually goes the way that we would like it to go, just get some answers on on these types of things. And even if this doesn't go well, to send a shot across the bow of big corporations, because yes, they are woke. Yes, they do not agree or like people like you or me, but you know what they like and dislike more than anything? They really like money, and they really dislike losing money as well. And so if you can send a shot across the bow of a corporation like Walmart, boy, howdy, that's a good thing. And this is something we can all do. We, we, it's, it's 25, well, 22,500 now, 22,500. That's what we need. I mean, that's a nickel. Everybody in this audience donated a nickel. We'd have it. And I think looks like the website's back up. It, good. At the very least, it everything they've put us through for the last year and a half. We deserve to get some answers. Cost you a nickel, a dime. Maybe that, you know, a dime is a lot to some of you. A hundred bucks isn't a lot to some of you. So we the Patriots USA.org. We the Patriots USA.org. We'll get to something else for the rest of this hour to try to bring us to some clarity as well. Um, but first, reminder that there's never really a great time to be all sweaty. And boy, does it seem just to happen at the worst possible times. I mean, for me, sometimes it can be a, a public speaking in, a, event, and I'm not nervous. I'm just the adrenaline's going and the heat of those lights. And it's just like I'm overheated and I can't ca- cool myself down. Maybe it's a job interview for you or it's uh, a first date. 
or the next date, or when you're thinking about taking it beyond dating, whatever the case may be, meeting the the parents, whatever the case may be, uh, Sweatblock is stronger and effective than most clinical antiperspirants. Just take their Sweatblock wipes, wipe your pits before you go to bed, get up the next morning, shower, do what you normally do to get ready, and you should be good to go for several days. You can also try Sweatblock's deodorant. I've tried it. It's fantastic. Uh, They've got also lotions and stuff for some of the swampier, more intimate parts of your anatomy if you if you're picking up what I'm laying down. So many great products. You can try them right now at sweatblock.com. Just like it sounds, sweatblock.com. Go to and use the promo code of my last name, DACE, D-E-A-C-E, and get 20% off with the promo code DACE at sweatblock.com. Let's get back to some clarity because we're about to get it when it comes to the vaccines. Because we have reached the arrival of the northern seasonal wave. It is upon us. It means we are approaching a critical and crucial clarification about the COVID vaccines and their efficacy as it relates to public policy. And in this discussion, I'm going to lay out for you, as fair as I can, what that may or may not mean. First, just to reset a few things. Public policy is our area of expertise. It's where I work for a living. Uh, And nothing is impacting public policy these days more than COVID is. That's why we've spent so much time researching on it, reporting on it, opining on it here on the show. However, whether to actually get a COVID vaccine or booster for that matter, that is a decision each of you based on your COVID risk profile versus the risk of adverse side effects should be allowed to make. That is for you and your healthcare provider to navigate. Not me, not anyone else, certainly not a corporation or government. Second, I am not COVID vaccinated. I had a confirmed COVID infection and recovery in May. There are multiple in the dozens of studies that show the superiority and effectiveness of natural immunity, meaning when you've had an infection and recovered from it. That's what we mean by natural immunity. Thus, it makes absolutely no sense to me for me to risk the adverse side effects like one of the more recent studies showed anaphylaxis was a recent adverse side effect potential for an allergic reaction. That's what I get to bee stings. That's why we're so paranoid when the bees show up here in the office because I can die from that, not from the sting, but the anaphylaxis reaction that it causes. Okay. Third, and, and this shouldn't matter. But we live in an era where epistemology is dead, so it does. Uh, I'm not dogmatic on vaccination either way. Our kids have had all their traditional vaccines. um, But beyond that, we didn't see the need to inject 10-year-old girls with HPVs or our teenage son, for that matter, and everything else that comes along. Uh, I've never even had a flu shot. I did update my traditional vaccines and boosters in 2014 to take a a mission trip to Haiti. You've heard me talk about that before. By the way, prayers to the missionaries there that were just kidnapped. Having been there and to Port-au-Prince and seen its chaos with my own eyes, sadly, I'm surprised this has not happened before. This is why we had armed guard with us. We had armed security with us wherever we went. So pray for their safe return for sure. Uh, fourth, I recommend, I re- remember I recommended my immunocompromised mother get a COVID vaccine back in January, which she did. Uh, Because she gets everything. She was one of the Americans that got H1N1 a decade ago. 
I've also recommended to others I know who are heavily immunocompromised to take their chances with these therapeutics instead of the virus too. Now, my pre-existing or anybody's pre-existing view shouldn't determine whether the data they share is true or not, meaning their, their view is the variable, the data should be a constant, right? Mm-hmm. But since epistemology is dead in America, that's not the case. And I just decided to reset this again for anybody soft-headed out there um, that just does, that is looking for an excuse to dismiss any data that doesn't confirm their narrative. So I wanted to address this up front as well as this final disclaimer. If not for the current authoritarian effort to mandate these as a condition of really full American citizenship, I don't know that we would have spent any time on this, little to no time at least. But again, because we have plunged into public policy, it's not just us because it's our area of expertise, but all of us as voters, as taxpayers, all of us now have a right to examine this. So as we begin our examination, we need a start date. I don't want us to make the same mistake that was made with 15 days to flatten the curve when we didn't know when the curve began. So what is it? What, what's, what's the beginning point here? We always need a genesis, all right? For this conversation today, we are going to choose May 25th as our start date. Why? We can see in this story that I uh, cited from CNN, I'm not picking this date arbitrarily. May 25th was the date that the Biden White House announced 50% of Americans had become fully vaccinated with the COVID therapeutics. That's why I picked that date. Because that's probably the earliest that most of us would agree. And when I say us, I don't just mean amongst people in the contrarian camp. But I mean most of us as Americans, period. That's probably the earliest most of us will agree a majority of Americans had some form of immunity to COVID. Either via these therapeutics or like me with a natural Uh, recovery from infection it's also like the perfect point right between the two major seasonalities which is fall and winter in the north and the sunbelt wave in the summer here's what you need to understand the primary driver of covid surge within a population is seasonality for you as an individual And for me as an individual, it could be what comorbidities we do or do not bring to the table. Am I immunocompromised in any way? Do I have diabetes? Am I morbidly obese? Do I have vitamin D deficiency? My age, okay? But that's what it means for us on an individual granular level. When you look within populations as a whole, collectively, the number one driver of COVID is seasonality. Here's why. Um... If, if, if you look at the north, why is it the fall and the winter? Far less sunlight indoors more often. So low on vitamin D, less active. Why is it in the summer in the south? Scalding hot. So that's when they're indoors the most for the same reason. So lack of sunlight, low on vitamin D, inactive, inactivity. Those are the primary seasonal wave drivers of COVID in America. I also want to note that the data, unless I say otherwise, that we're going to use is going to come from the World Health Organization. A lot of you send me so many great sources of things to look at, but a lot of them are from websites and stuff either I haven't heard of or I can't use, even if they're right. If I put my eggs in that basket, that's what they're going to use to ban me. That's why I spend so much time studying, and I guess I mean this literally, the enemy's sources and data. Because it makes our arguments even more effective when we're using their sources and their data against them. 
What you're going to see is the following week now, after the White House announced on May 25th that we had reached 50% of Americans fully COVID vaccinated. That following week, we had roughly 25,000 fewer COVID cases than at the same time last year. And we had 56% fewer deaths too. Those are both excellent trend lines. Things were looking good. In fact, much of the spring and summertime, I was laying out how many days in a row we had gone with fewer than 1,000 deaths with COVID in America. That ended on August the 16th. That was the final day we had reached 131 consecutive days with fewer than 1,000 daily COVID deaths. We had reduced COVID to just the seventh most likely way to die in America. Diabetes would be next. Furthermore, we were trending lower in overall cases compared to 2020 from the time the White House vaccine benchmark announcement until late July, July 19th or mid-July. So again, pretty much all of our data looked great from late July until late July and early August. Now, what changed then? Two things occurred basically simultaneously. We had the Sunbelt wave hit. And then Delta variant became ascendant. Since this convergence year to see, our data has been in a reverse freefall. Our data has collapsed. In August 2021, cases were 211% higher than August 2020, while deaths were up 18%. In September, the freefall was even worse. In September of 2021, cases were up 216% compared to September 2020, and deaths skyrocketed 153%. Now, keep in mind, no one was vaccinated in 2020. Much of the country was also out of a full-throat lockdown by then, too, although we were still forbidding large events, which we are permitting, like at football stadiums now. As of October 13th, CDC is reporting 56.6% of Americans are fully vaccinated, too. So we're approaching almost a super majority of Americans fully vaccinated. And yet those vaccines could not stand up to what happened in this country in August and September. By the way, as an aside, did you note the trend line there? Um, Despite the increased threats of job loss, other forms of shunning, it doesn't seem to be helping explode the vaccination numbers. I mean, we got to 50% in five months with almost... No coercion at all. We had those annoying ads that were a little too sunny side optimistic, but no coercion was going on. We got to 50% in five months. We're going on a third month now of threats of tyrannies, and it's only moved the needle a few percent. So again, they tell you the mandates are working. All kinds more people are getting vaccinated. But when you look at the numbers, only 6.6% more people are vaccinated than were on May 25th. And it's October That's through October 13th. So maybe there's more of that good old-fashioned American I will not comply spirit than we thought. No, there better be. And there better be. You're right. Yes. All right, let's get back to the COVID data here. So far in October, we're also off to a bad start. Cases are up 93% compared to this time last year. Deaths have escalated 97% compared to the first week of October 2020 as well. Obviously, this is not the way 
that the trend line of a vaccination program is supposed to look. There are three possibilities as to what is happening here. One, the Sun Belt is loaded with low vaccination rate states that drove these terrible numbers. And it is true that seven of the 10 lowest vaccination rates, according to the Becker Hospital Review, would be included in a Sun Belt wave. That is true. Two, that the COVID vaccines were once about as effective in real time as was being boasted in their self-reported trials. But once Delta showed up, it changed the game. And remember that the CDC director said on August 5th that the vaccines were no longer effective against transmission. As you see, I've taken the archived clip there from Real Clear Politics, where she admits that if you have the virus, the, the vaccines won't stop you from giving it to somebody else or getting it, frankly. Three, we have what is called a leaky vaccine. Now, in a leaky vaccine, the vaccinated can actually store high viral loads that turn them into super spreaders. And I show you there a 2015 PBS article talking about this. There was a follow-up study done in 2019 that noted leaky vaccines, quote, could allow more virulent or more severe versions of a virus to survive. And leaky vaccines can actually lead to what is sometimes called antibody-dependent enhancement. We'll talk about more of this later. Um, Let's stop there. Because when we come back, we're going to look at all three of these scenarios individually. And we're going to look at what the data does and does not say about their potential of being true. We'll do that here in a moment. Did you know the uh, Social Security Administration's computers, their servers are 45 years old? Um, And the servers over at the Department of Health and Human Services are approaching 50 years old? Maybe that's how cyber criminals hacked the U.S. Census Bureau's computers recently and can maybe find out everything about information they have on each of us that is stored there. And that puts the threat of some cyber thief stealing your credit card, maybe not that big of a risk if you've got identity theft protection, but a massive risk is if you own your own home. It's called home title theft. The FBI calls it one of the fastest growing crimes out there. Cyber criminals simply hack into vulnerable government, bank, or mortgage company servers where copies of your home's title are stored. They forge your signature claiming you've sold your home to them. Then they borrow on your home and leave you in debt. Uh, And you often don't know until collection notices or worse begin to show up. So protect your most valuable asset today. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Register your address to see if you're already a victim. And use the promo code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. When you go to HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. Again, HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. Let's continue here with the, with, with the moment of truth about the vaccines. I mentioned a term where we left off. It's called antibody-dependent enhancement. Um, essentially, what antibody-dependent enhancement is, I'm going to make this as simple as I possibly can so that even I can understand it. It is when the vaccine in your body no longer blocks the pathogen or the infection as intended, but it binds it instead. And this creates a more virulent or more severe form of the virus. And then the vaccinated end up carrying higher viral loads. That's what that means. That's 
Worst case scenario, you don't want to see that, okay? So let's look at all three of these options I mentioned before the break. Let's look at them now individually. On a national level, our institutions are anywhere from unwilling to incapable of providing any real data between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, and you have to comb through their their dashboards. Here's some examples of what I recently found. I'll have some updates for you a little bit later on. Uh, back in mid-August, South Carolina uh, reported that about uh, 28% of its hospitalizations were fully vaccinated, 22% of its deaths. So that's just as Delta was becoming ascendant. Uh, Connecticut um, reported in early September, 31% of its new cases were fully vaccinated. 28% of its hospitalizations were also fully vaccinated. If you look at those numbers, continuing on, uh, let's go to Maryland. Um, It reported also in early September, 25% of its new cases in July were fully vaccinated. 20% of the state's new hospitalizations were. Again, this is before we had real waning efficacy as a result of Delta. If you look at Michigan's COVID dashboard in late September, Um, It found that 49 fully vaccinated people had died with COVID in the most recent week. If you look at Michigan's total numbers in the raw data, that's 31% of all COVID deaths Michigan reported that week were fully vaccinated. Keep in mind, a lot of states don't provide this data, so we don't have a definitive handle on it. The feds don't provide it either. Um, But what we can say, just looking at a fairly sizable, maybe about a dozen or so state sample, is while the unvaccinated made up a majority of these numbers, it wasn't the exclusive, quote, pandemic of the unvaccinated that we were once being told. Now, if you want to get the best numbers on this, go to the UK. The UK has the best data in the world right now. And what it shows is the fully vaccinated makes up the majority of all COVID cases for all age groups in the UK, except for those under 30 who were doing just fine with the virus before we even had these vaccines. If you look at the most recent update from the UK, um, their COVID dashboard showed that the UK has 128% more cases and 78% more deaths now compared to the first week of October in 2020. Almost 90% of everyone over the age of 12 in the UK has had at least one dose of vaccine. Almost 80% of all adults, 66 million people in the UK, almost 80% of all adults are fully vaccinated as well. No one was vaccinated in the UK at this time in 2020. Here's a recent BBC headline. Now, the headline's totally misleading. COVID-19 in Wales, a third of positive cases are unvaccinated. If you click on the link and read it, and Wales, by the way, has a population of about three and a half million, so roughly the population of Iowa, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, If you read the article, there's a chart in there that breaks down hospitalizations in Wales between vaccinated, single dose, unvaccinated, don't know. What you're going to find is 89% more COVID hospitalizations in Wales among those who have received at least one dose of vaccine than the unvaccinated. 89% more. 89% more. Now, in response to numbers like this, people are going to say stuff like, well, of course, cases and deaths are rising among the unvaccinated. It was inevitable the moment the, the, the more people we got vaccinated. That would make sense. Until you look at the sheer volume of COVID we're dealing with right now. For example, if our case and death numbers were decisively lower and um, it would make no difference then 
that the majority of people that were involved were stati- statistically were vaccinated because overall the decisively lower numbers show the vaccines are working. There's always outliers. There's always exceptions. I mean, I w- I'm not going to sit here and make an argument today that the COVID vaccines don't work because 84-year-old Colin Powell died of COVID complications despite being vaccinated twice, according to his family. Because he's also 84 years old and the, right. and the average lifespan for a man in America is 79. He's Colin Powell yesterday would have told you if he could have, if it wasn't COVID at his age, it could have been anything else, right? I'm not going to do stuff like that. Now, the other side does it. Every time somebody dies unvaccinated, they want to make their case. I'm just going to go with data, okay? And the reality is we have a sheer volume here of skyrocketing cases and deaths that destroy in the UK that destroys this talking point. In both countries, here in the UK and the US, the New York Times reported a month ago, 75% of American adults have at least one vaccine dose. So again, if our overall numbers were low, if the overall numbers were low, but a majority of people still getting this were vaccinated, that would be irrelevant statistically because it had brought the overall numbers low. What's happening here is the overall numbers are skyrocketing, which blows up this talking point. No one took a vaccine believing it wouldn't help them not get COVID. No one took a vaccine believing it would not help them not get hospitalized. No one took a vaccine not believing it would help it would not help them not die, correct? Correct. You took you took your vaccine for one if not all three of those reasons. And right now it's failing on all three right now. This brings us to the northern seasonal wave. Here's a recent AP article that noted states with the highest vaccination rates in the Northeast were already seeing pandemic level highs in key criteria like infection rate, hospitalizations, ICU admissions, etc. Now, if you read the article, the AP attempts to blame this on the unvaccinated. But if you read the article, it doesn't really offer any real data to make that case. It's just generalizations and quotes from public health officials. But again, no data. Vermont is the most vaccinated state in the union. It was setting case records two weeks ago before seasonality even began. At this point, the talking point of, of, of pandemic of the unvaccinated is dead on arrival. Now, it's still open for debate how much increased vaccination will help alleviate the, the pandemic, which brings us to our second point to ponder. The vaccines have waning efficacy. Now, this seems to be what our public officials have glommed on to. They've gotten rid of the pandemic of the unvaccinated talking point, and they've gone to boosters. Canada has bought four years worth of boosters from Pfizer. Israel is doing Pfizer boosters now. The UK is offering boosters of all four of the uh, of, of the uh, the vaccines that it has approved there. We're doing we're doing boosters here in the U.S. Despite the fact the FDA voted sixteen to two against doing mass boosters. Folks, if I had posted earlier this year that the vaccines would wane in efficacy so much you would need a third shot by Christmas, let alone we're not even to Halloween, I would have gotten suspended and not banned from every major platform for posting that. And yet, here we are. It is at least possible that you consider that you are now, if you're vaccinated, you're now in what is a vaccination program. You're going to be asked to get reoccurring boosters at this point. At least consider that. That barring the introduction of a superior therapeutic or an actual immunization, you're going to be getting re-injected and re-injected and re-injected with this experimental technology. 
And if that is the case, then we should all be demanding far more transparency about side effects than the than our public health officials and media are currently granting us. Because the more we inject this with people, the more the risks are. It's just math. It's true that the rate of COVID vaccine side effect is remotely low. That is true. However, it's also true we have more vaccine side effects from COVID than any other vaccine because, again, of the sheer volume. We've injected this more times than any other vaccine ever. Now imagine we're going to need boosters every six months or so. So now you're just multiplying those risks with every single booster program, not adding to them, multiplying them. Therefore, our media and public health officials have a moral obligation to provide better side effect, uh, uh, what am I looking for here? Transparency, thank you. Better side effect transparency than we currently have received. They have a moral obligation to do this. Finally, let's look at the third option, the possibility of a leaky vaccine. And now this is where Northern seasonality is going to help to guide us here. Because the Northern states that that are now within the early stages of their seasonality, they had months of high vaccination rates to prepare them for what is coming. If we see a surge in these northern states as bad or worse last year, like is what we saw in the Sun Belt, it's going to be hard to dismiss we have a leaky vaccine at that point. However, if the northern states are stable to better during the upcoming seasonality, then that will at least point back to the need to vaccinate and booster more people, while at the same time providing more honest and transparent side effect information than you're currently getting. If we do have a leaky vaccine and devolve to antibody-dependent enhancement, that is an outcome potentially worse than what we've already seen. And it's going to require some true courage by those making the decisions to admit and navigate because that would mean the vaccines are making the virus worse. Let us hope it doesn't come to that because I'm not really too hopeful for uh, um, courage in the time in which we live by the people making the decisions. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm saying, I've, I've been telling you for weeks, don't root for a leaky vaccine. That's the worst of both worlds. They won't back off mass vaccination, and it's also making the virus worse. That is the worst of both worlds. We do not want that. Finally, I want you to also consider when it comes to ADE, this is a Japanese study a month ago that warned about the possibility of ADE from the current COVID vaccines. Now, I mentioned it a month ago. The reason why I did not highlight it a lot because you need to know that the the people that helped to fund this study are also working on competitive vaccine products. And so there's a there's a clear conflict of interest there. Doesn't mean their data's wrong, but we would and, and if it was reversed, would we call that a conflict of interest? Yeah. Sure. So we should do the same here. A few postscripts now I want to give to you. All right, before we wrap this thing up. I mentioned this earlier. Study of 620,000 U.S. military personnel found that the Johnson & Johnson therapeutic fell from 88% efficacy in March to three, that's a single digit, guys, 3% efficacy in August. Again, like I just told you, if you are part of this vaccine effort and you're going to get a booster, you need to at least consider you're now part of a vax program requiring reoccurring, routine, frequent, multiple boosters and injections. Two, Alaska says in its latest monthly report that 84% of all COVID deaths among the vaccinated in that state have occurred just since Delta emerged. And 26% of all COVID deaths in August were also fully vaccinated. That's in Alaska. Next, Michigan is reporting 66% 
of all its vaccinated COVID deaths have occurred in the last 30 days, 66% in the last 30 days. And 41% of its deaths last week were also fully vaccinated. That's Michigan. And then finally, Massachusetts reporting 45% of its COVID deaths last week fully vaccinated. There were 100 COVID deaths, 45 of them were breakthrough cases. That's 45%. All right, we've got a few minutes here. Let me tell you about keeps, and then I want to get you guys' take on this, and we'll talk. We'll carry this conversation over into the overtime. But you know what? You've got a million reasons to be stressed out these days. Male pattern baldness, your receding hairline, doesn't have to be one of them. Check out our friends over at Keeps. You'll get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but the generic versions. So you're going to save about half the cost. There's the convenience. It's all done online. Snap a few easy pics of your hair, answer a few easy questions, and then a licensed physician will recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. And then we give you even more savings on the back end with half off your first order. So generics to save you money, convenience all online, and then half off your first order to get you started right now. When you go to keeps.com slash grow, that's keeps.com slash grow. All right, a quick thought from each of you, because we're just going to roll this right into the overtime. Uh, after we're done. All right. So a quick thought about what you want to highlight when we pick this up in the OT. Todd. Well, at this, it's not going to surprise you at this point in the game, Occam's razor, it would, it's so obvious that regardless, if you come from my background, you should stop vaccinating immediately. Like Steve has also called for, for a month to test this thing out. So the fact that they're not doing it, it's the most obvious answer. You need to ask the question is why? And there's no good answer because it would help you sort out between two and three and what the deal is. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's always the chance that this northern, there's this northern uh, the wave, seasonal wave coming through. It may be a lot less than what we are expecting. That's not really what Israel and UK data would suggest, but we need to prepare ourselves for if that happens. I would just caution folks, though, because of all of this, there is no depth to which the spirit of the age will not mm-hmm. sink. Be very, very sensitive. What was our motto last year? Assume you're being lied to. Mm. I, I said this, I think, late last week. Can't remember which day. If things, if magical numbers start coming out of these northern states, start being really, really suspicious. Like uh, DPRK level magical numbers in, in, in the elections there. Man, I hadn't even thought about that, Aaron. You're so, so right. I, I would say, you know, it, there could be, it could be not as bad. I hope it's not as bad. We, we've already, we've already been through enough already. The people, they probably don't agree with us politically. Most of the people in the Northeast don't, but we bet, I hope the numbers are lower. Mm-hmm. They could be, but if they're like really, really, really magically low, we need to keep an eye out for that too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a point I should have considered. I had not. You're right. All right, we're going to stick around and do the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers to be uploaded later for the rest of you. We'll see you later tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.